Welcome to another RISE Radio interview. Today we are speaking with Peter Fisher, who heads up a support group called Loving Outreach. This group works with grieving people who have lost a loved one or friend to suicide. This is such a sensitive topic, and who best to talk about it than the moderator of such a group as Loving Outreach. So thank you, Peter, for coming on the call today. I know you have personal experience with this topic, and I wonder if you would share with our listeners what you've been through. We all have stories to tell and where we are in our grieving and how we have managed to cope so far. My own story is back in 2011. Unfortunately, we lost our daughter to suicide at the age of 16. Very sorry to hear that. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, she was bullied to death. Oh, my. And then two years later, we lost our son to suicide. Whoa. Uh, Mm. He was 19. And somewhere in there, after our son died, uh, we we were asked by the group's founders, the uh, Chemricks, Walton Lucien, who founded the group back in uh, 30 years ago. Wow. Wow. We were asked to uh, help out because they're getting up in years, so. So they kind of asked that we'd uh, take over some of the moderating duties. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I lost my wife last year. Wow. Uh, Very sorry to hear that. You've had a lot of loss. Yeah. Thank you. Um, She died of natural causes, though. That was the difference there. But the way the group works is, for example, I come in and tell you the story of how I lost my daughter and how long ago it was and uh, where my pain is, where my grieving is. Unfortunately, uh, grief that you suffer because of a suicide is not the same grief as a regular death if you want to call it that there's those five steps of dealing with, with with the death of a loved one acceptance anger you know uh bargaining but with suicide the biggest question is why we all want to know why but the only person that can tell you why is no longer with us. Uh, right. So you're left with that. Were there, were there symptoms? Was, were, were your kids saying anything or doing anything that would yeah, lead with our you to... Daughter, with our daughter, there was. And we'd been trying to get her help. And we'd been trying to deal with the bullying at school. Uh but it, obviously it wasn't enough. Uh, with our son, no, that was a complete surprise. 
That one we hmm. didn't see coming. Wow. Uh, How did he take the, the loss of his it, sister? Well, both of our boys took it rather hard, as any uh, sibling would. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we got them help and deal, to deal with the loss, and uh, they seemed to be doing all right. Uh, then uh, our middle son, our youngest son, eight and 19, he... Uh, he took his life completely by surprise. Our oldest son has now lost both of his siblings, but he seemed to be able to work his way through it. Thank God. And uh, he uh, he's happily married, doing his thing as a paramedic out in Nevada, <laughs> of all places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's happy, and that's good. Yes. Yes. Is there something you'd like to relate to young people who might be feeling really stressed? It's easy to say, but they must, to help themselves, they've got to uh, open up. They've got to talk to someone. If they can't talk to their parents, then they can talk to maybe a teacher or someone like that. But they've got to they've got to open up to their feelings, and as a teenager, that's not readily available. And sometimes it can be. Sometimes they just get lost in the pathway. They just uh, they've got they've got to talk. They've they've got to learn to. Easier said than done, of course. They've got to learn that talking is not weakness, and that. Uh, there is someone out there who will listen. So uh, don't be afraid to ask for help is basically the basic motto. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Okay. Do you know if she had girlfriends that she could talk to when she had low periods? Well, yes, yeah, she had one friend, a real good close friend, uh, how much communication they had, I'm not sure. Her friend didn't take the death very uh, very well either. Okay. I think she was um, just as shocked as uh, uh, my wife and I were. Wow. Uh, she seemed to be really, really uh, upset by it and and it, 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 like I said, it caught her well off guard too. So, what do we do? What do we do? Well, well uh, back to loving outreach. The way the group works is everything's completely confidential. Everything's done in in a uh, a room together. It's not unlike. I don't want to say Alcoholics Anonymous, but each of us has a chance to speak, um, to tell us where they are in their grieving process, how they've been able to cope so far. And I think that's the main message, I should say, 
or the main goal of loving outreach is to help people cope because their lives will never be the same. They have to get used to a new normal, as we right. call it, because there's no, uh, there's no, there's no going back after something like this. You can't just uh, grieve and say, "Oh well, over and done with," and then move on. Uh, uh, there's always going to be that nagging doubt or that. Uh, could I have done something better? Could I have done something to help them? Could I have said something? Uh, these nagging guilts, these nagging thoughts are always there. And learning to cope with them is the way of loving outreach. Okay. So my story has been full of loss but yes i learned i learned coping mechanisms to help me along the way the first coping mechanism is to understand you'll never get the answer to the question why and once you've gotten past that things can get easier for you and the other tenet of our, uh, of our group is that I, I tell my story and I tell how I'm coping with it. And someone else in the room might say, boy, I never thought about that. I never thought to do that. I never thought to question myself or I never thought to, I never thought of that way to cope. You know, so they look at other people's coping mechanisms and sometimes they can take them into their own and help themselves along the way so there's that and believe it or not it does get easier every time you tell it you tell your story over and over again it starts to lessen the sting or the uh, pain mm -hmm. to a point where you're now able to move forward with your life and that's the other uh, uh, bit our, uh, our group offers and there's a, a bit of a reward because you're helping others in in their pain so there's a yes. everybody satisfaction yes that's absolutely right you you feel at the end of a meeting that you know uh, maybe someone uh, maybe I've helped someone as a moderator, we kind of try to direct, we try to direct people when they're telling their story to relate their uh, coping mechanisms and everybody else in the room hears them and they can gain help from them and the other person can know that he, he or she may have helped someone along the way. You're right. There's also a difference in, how do I put this? No two people grieve alike. Um, husbands and wives grieve totally differently than the next person does, or the next woman does, or the next man does. 
Like my wife and I were always, uh, we suffered, we suffered greatly, but we, we were in different places in our grieving road, if you want to call it. And that's the other key point. It's just because I'm someplace that a, uh, then I shouldn't have to expect my wife to be in the same place. Uh, as I couldn't expect my son to be in the same place I am. Everybody's journey through that road is different. And getting that little morsel of uh, understanding can go a long way to helping as well. Mothers, and this is no slam against guys, but mothers and fathers are also in a different place. Uh, there's that unique and special bond between a mother and a child. Mm -hmm. uh, and when that child is gone, it's, I can't, I can't even begin to fathom that loss. When there is a normal death, and what I mean is not done by, not com by uh, completing suicide, it's usually... Like my father is in his 80s. He's almost 90. Mm -hmm. And if he were to die, yes, I'd be hurt. Yes, I would grieve. But it's a normal death. It's an expected death. You know, he's 90 years of age. He's lived a full life. That kind of grief you can get through and then return to your normal. Whereas even if a parent, for example, we have many people come through that have lost parents to suicide. Some are in their 70s or 80s or 50s or 60s and they complete suicide and they uh, that is not a normal death. That's not an expected death. So again, even though they're much older than us, well, in some cases, and they complete suicide, mm -hmm. it's still a horrible loss. Right. Uh, right. Again, because of that nagging question, why? Right. So this thing called suicide runs through all age groups. It doesn't know any boundaries. Let's put it that way. Right. So right. here we are. And hopefully uh, through a loving outreach, we can help these people uh, move forward, uh, cope with the pain to cope with the loss. And I tell various stories as a moderator. And one of them is I attended a conference with my wife some years ago. And there was a doctor speaking by the name of Jack Jordan. Now he's was chosen by President Obama to lead the he was chosen to lead the presidential campaign against suicide <clears throat> or to prevent suicide, I should say. And the man's a practicing psychiatrist for over 35 years. And mm -hmm. he's an expert in the field of suicide. He's an expert in the field of dealing with suicide. You asked me a question before about were there any signs? Could you tell 
if this person was going to commit suicide, were they worried they were going to commit suicide? Well, he told us that he, as a practicing psychiatrist for 35 years, he still loses patients to this day to suicide. And he's a trained professional and one of the top in his field in the United States. And he still loses patients to suicide. So that little uh, question about, is there anything I could have seen or should I have noticed this or noticed that is I tell them that little story and they kind of look at me like you're kidding. And it's no, he's, he's a professional. He still loses people. Right. And that's, I think is comforting in a way that these people right. realize that here's a trained psychiatrist and he still loses people to suicide. Exactly. So maybe I wasn't so bad in, as a parent, maybe I couldn't have seen all the signs and symptoms of it. But if a trained professional can't, then I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Good point. That's the point I try to bring there. And a lot of people ask, what do you think the trigger was? What, what, what do you think happened to push them over the edge, if you want to say? And I tell them another little story. Have you ever seen the movie Perfect Storm, Vince? I've seen the movie The Perfect Storm, yeah. Yeah, with uh, George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg. Right. Now, the whole gist of that movie is this little tiny boat out in the big, huge Atlantic, and it's trying to get to safety, to get to shore. Right. But three different storms collide in the Atlantic, right where that little boat is. It's not one trigger. It's not two triggers. It's people who complete suicide are facing their their perfect storm. So much is raging inside their brain. They feel so much pain. They feel so lost that they see no other way to end the pain. And that's what happens in the perfect storm. This little tiny boat's trying to get to safety. And these storms come from every direction and just pulverize it and send it down. And that's another little story I tell people about what a person's mind can be feeling when that moment comes and they make a, they make a uh, rather permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah, very good oh. point. Have you and your wife spoken to other groups about your losses and have people approached you afterward and, and talked to you about their pain? Yes, yes, uh, when my wife was with me, yes. It's kind of funny how I was talking earlier about men and women. Well, all the ladies will get together with my, would get together with my wife and talk about, you know, how are we even getting out of bed after losing two children? And because of our time spent in loving outreach, that I can safely say it gave us coping mechanisms so we could put uh, get out of bed and put our feet on the ground and start walking forward. Right. It gave us coping mechanisms so that the stigma of suicide didn't uh, uh, bother us or work against us. That's the other thing that you now may be seeing commercials on TV trying to uh, dispel the stigma of suicide. And, you know, uh, but these are things that we have to uh, bring out into the open These are some things that we have to discuss. And that's the number one thing is talking, is talking through your your, uh, loss, talking through your pain. And 
knowing that you're safe to do so, uh, where you won't be judged, uh, where everybody else in the room has the, the same pain as you or is suffering the same as you. And that's the big part about loving outreach. Is there anything more society can do to help people with serious depression? Well, they're trying. Um, of course, everybody will say it's, uh, you know, not, it's not adequate enough. It's catching them, catching them while they're young. <laughs> I don't mean to make a joke of it, but there are 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds ca calling the suicide hotline wondering how, how to commit suicide. Whoa. And wow. yeah, it's something that's got to be brought out into the open more than it is. Okay. Uh, are we doing enough? Well, of course, I don't think so. We're still losing people on a, a monthly basis. Uh, I, don't, I haven't seen the stats uh, during this COVID, but um, it, I'm sure, has not subsided which is right. unfortunate. Right. Um, at one time, we were losing seven to eight people a month to suicide okay. in the Niagara region. Okay. That's way too high. It should be right. zero. Yes. <laughs> Any final words for the parents? Well, again, if they're worried, they should get them to professional help to begin with. Um, Family doctor can refer them to a specialist who deals with children in emotional upset. And depending on their age, there are people out there who are specialized in children and teenagers, young adults, to help them. But if you're worried about your child, then get them to, the, to, to, to your doctor. Start the process now instead of waiting and finding out you were you were right all along, if you know what I mean. Right. So get the ball rolling. Uh, start talking about these things. Try to make it all right to talk. Uh, that's the big thing. We got to talk. We have to right. learn what everybody's feeling. Learn what everybody's where their pain is, and, and see if we can do something about it. And I think that's the main goal. Or if I wanted to get a message across, is don't be afraid to talk. Oh, that's the other thing. We're completely unfunded. This is a, there's no cost to to anybody for right. this. It's right. We run it on donations. Right. So they can reach you through uh, a website or through a phone number. Through a phone number, and then unfortunately, because of this COVID, we're not meeting right now. I'm trying to uh, see if I can get around that. So, because uh, I think this is something very essential. I know yes. essential yeah. services are open and stores can be open. Then why not us? Right. So. Okay. The phone number is 905-371-9767. Great. And don't worry if I don't answer, leave a message. I will call you back. All right. Well, Peter, thank you so much for coming and taking this interview. You're quite welcome, Vince. And I hope that we can help a lot of people in the weeks to come and we can prevent suicides. Yes, so do I. So do I. 
You have just been listening to an interview with Peter Fisher from Loving Outreach, a group that helps grieving people who have lost a loved one or friend to suicide. Please forward this podcast to everyone you know so we can prevent suicides. Let's take time to talk about this so we can disarm the stigma around it. The group is in St. Catharines, Ontario, and you can reach Peter at 905-371-9767. The RISE Radio Network is a soon-to-be-broadcasting network of community radio stations whose goal is to help people rise above their life's challenges. You can reach us at 289-931-2884 and on the web at riseradionetwork.com.